Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rodoichin. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. Today I'm speaking to Marine Serre, the young French women's wear designer taking the fashion world by storm. She grew up in the southwest of France and spent time in Marseille before studying at La Combre in Belgium. Since winning the prestigious LVMH Prize in 2017, she's won outstanding reviews for her cool, multi-referential designs, which are a melting pot of utilitarian and sportswear, Middle Eastern inspirations and edgy urban cool. Although, she says, she always considers the comfort of the woman wearing her clothes before anything else. Here she is, talking about the attitude of the street, her interest in the mechanics of things, and why a particular Azadina Laya dress is one of her favourite things. Marion Sir, hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How are, how are you today? <laughs> good. We just won the match, so I'm feeling quite good. Yes. The World Cup you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that's... Well, were you in Paris last night? Yeah, I was in the Champs-Élysées. What was the atmosphere like? Quite like a small revolution, I was saying. <laughs> Did you go out and get involved in the celebration? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was nice, and uh, it's nice that football is uh, able to create uh, this sensation today. So mm. it's nice. Yeah, my friend, a friend of mine was in. Um, he was watching Beyonce and Jay Z perform mm-hmm. at the stadium, and, and he showed me on his Snapchat account. He showed me footage of when France announced they'd won, and it was in the stadium, and he showed all the crowd just went absolutely crazy. Crazy. <laughs> And Beyonce starts stop singing, no? Really? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Never. I think she wore a, apparently she wore a France T-shirt on stage. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? No. Are you a fan of Beyonce? Not really. <laughs> but it's true that you do. There are some influences in your work that are um, there are some pop culture references. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I especially see in what you're wearing today, there seems, to, I, I have some ideas, but tell me about what you think, what, what, what you like to refer to. I don't know, I mean, uh, I, I don't try to refer to anything, I'm just seeing reference more like in everyday life and in every people I meet, so from you today and then from, you know, the streets and, and what happened around me, so it's more like... You know, you have things you pick up, you have other things you don't pick up. Uh, for sure, uh, I, you know, I like things that I do not see everywhere. And um, and most of the time I also don't like, you know, things that are too expensive. So I try to uh, uh, keep it simple. Mm. But I don't know, like to set what I try to refer to, uh, I don't think I have something I try to refer. I just have a kind of mood, uh, maybe a little bit little bit punk or a little bit you know and at the same time quite colorful so as you can see today <laughs> yeah <laughs> I should describe what you're wearing um do you want to talk, talk me through your outfit because I think it is really cool uh, okay I can try so I have a scarf um kind of fluffy neat uh, scarf that is actually a tube 
tube scarf in which you can put your head so you can use it as a as a cousin uh, or like pillow? Anyway, a pillow cushion, yeah, sorry, yeah. A cushion. or like a, a scarf or anything it's really handy and I get it every day and it's, it's like fluorescent not fluorescent fluoro, yeah, kind bright of, orange yeah really really bright orange I bought it in New York actually first time I went there a year ago for I think uh, not a lot like five something like that then I have a green t-shirt uh, that I really like this child size uh, dragon uh, a child uh, where did you get that from this one I get it from Singapore actually so first time I went there and then uh, I have really old uh, jeans uh, from I don't remember when <laughs> and also vintage shoes cover of jeans and uh, voilà earrings Ah yeah, earrings. I get it from um, Budapest actually, and they are also a vintage one. But I also really like the really pink color, hard pink color they have. So, voilà. Have you always traveled quite a lot, or is it just since you've been working? I love to travel, but I don't have the money before. So now, since my job is making me traveling, I really like that. But for example, the earring, I have them before kind of getting the brand, and then the rest I get it after. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you spoke up. So this, this uh, podcast is about the things you'd put into your cabinet that are things that inspire you or have, give your life meaning in some way. Um, and I was wondering what the first thing was. You spoke a little bit about. Um, the influence of people and daily life in your uh, that you take inspiration from in your work yeah yeah it's like uh, I don't have one inspiration or you know like I don't get inspiration from paintings or from I don't know from book I mean it, maybe in the second phase it can come sometime like when I like something from the street or something that I see but it's more like Things are really kind of independent of each other, but I see a lot of connection, for example, with, um, I don't know, a sport garment linked to uh, a Flemish painting sometime. And for me, like, I, I just have the sensation the look are the same. So it's more about attitude and how the garment falls on the body and how the fabric is, like, falling on you. And and uh, I, I like the, this jump of references and also in my work I think you can see it quite a lot like you have reference to really historical garments almost and then at the same time almost to a futuristic kind of way to you know to dress it but also in terms of fabric or or the way it look at the end so I think it's really important for me this merging uh, things and that is not like for also it's not for one type of women it's not for young it's not for old I actually really don't care it's really for uh, yeah any woman and uh, and I think it's quite working for now like I have really uh, I mean the next campaign campaign is actually with a woman of 78 years old from uh, Brussels she's the model and um, how did you find her not really I mean She's yeah, she's a model now, kind of, but she's just like her attitude is so great. Like when she walks, you just only see her on the street, and it's also how I make the casting for the show and and how I do the casting for the campaign. You know, I just found amazing women in the street, but it's not amazing on term like they are tall or whatever. It's more like the way they move and how they dress. And this girl uh, was really like that. I mean, this woman actually. Sorry. Where um, did you Where did you discover her? I discovered her in Brussels 
I don't remember exactly, actually quite some time ago, I think three years ago. And then I asked her to make a, a show for me, but I think she was not free two years ago, something like that. And then last time I thought about her again, and I was, of course, shooting the campaign in Belgium uh, with my friend. And then I thought, okay, we have to call her, and maybe she's going to say yes. And then she says yes, and then we have a lot of fun because she was dressing, uh, you know, like the future wear jacket with all the bottles and the glasses and she loved it and then she was like yeah could I get that every day and and I liked that because she looked super chic and at the same time she did not look like a you know an old woman that will have put two young garments for her and I think it's what I try to do with the brand is to really have also different kind of almost personage that you can see or recognize yourself and anyway, in, in the daily life, even as one woman, you are, you know, in the morning uh, uh, wanting sneakers, on the evening you want to have uh, this nice dress, and then the day after maybe you want to be jogging all the day. So I like also this hybridity of also life and, and practicity. So. Yeah, and it seems to me that you are very modern in your approach, but also that you, in your rejection of traditional what the fashion world is traditionally interested in. I'm talking about the same old, the same models, the same, often the same trends or styles, um, same photographers. What you're doing feels very different and fresh. And I was wondering if that was a conscious decision or if it's just something you don't even think about. I think it's both. Like, I mean, on the beginning it was like, uh, I mean, you are nothing, so you cannot even think about the fact that you will have other model from, you know, other big brand anyway. And so I construct a really strong team with me from like already four or five years ago of really close friend of me that start making screen printing for me, picture for me, video for me, and then we work together and then they felt really involved with also the moon coming, you know, and then the, the campaign and then the video and then all that. And then now, you know, after the Vemash Prize, also all this group of people are kind of taking over this part with me. And, and the team is becoming bigger and, and it have changed a part of their life also because some, uh, actually Tongi Pujol also that will do the installation with me in Carlos' place is uh, also uh, a friend from like five years ago and then today uh, maybe 50% of his year is, is working with me because we have so much to do. So, so of course today is conscient and, uh, but at the beginning it was maybe not, but I was never someone that really looked like at show or at what other people do. Of course, I have some, you know, amazing archive that I like to look at, and but I don't really care about trend. I mean, of course, uh, I suppose that if you are a good designer, you are more there to make them than to follow them. When they are there, they are already dead. So, and it's just about feeling, you know, like how people walk in the street and how do you feel and how do I also feel myself as a woman I think this is quite important for Marine Serre brand today the first question and the luck I have is that I'm a woman creating for women so I know you know all the bad thing and good thing about being a woman in a garment today so I think that helped me a lot actually and you grew up in the south of France mm -hmm. Um, I think you were in a, in a small village mm -hmm. um, and you eventually went on to study um, at La Combre Maud in um, Brussels. Mm -hmm. um, there seems to be a little bit of a trend around you know, the south of France at the moment, would you say, with Jacques Mou as well getting a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. um, 
what do you think it is about that part of the country that is <laughs> special right now? I don't know. I mean, Marseille is one of the... I mean, I only live there two years and I'm from Corrèze. It's much more up, really countryside. Marseille is still a really huge city. But I like both for totally different reasons. And I like countryside for many uh, practical kind of way. And then I like Marseille for... is also multicultural kind of life. And it's like all the time... Uh, uh, I don't know, you said like really, really warm in all uh, kind of sense. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not planning to do a show in Marseille, so don't worry. Um, but I <laughs> you think it's were very good. successful at the Yeah Festival, for mm-hmm. example, um, which was, uh, was it last year you were there? <coughs> yeah. Um, which is another thing that happens mm-hmm. down there that seems to be getting a lot of attention at the mm-hmm. moment. But what was your childhood like? My what? Your childhood growing up. Mm, uh, I don't know, like it was really uh, wild, that's it. And, uh, wild, and like countryside. Yeah, I mean, I live in a village of around like five houses and maybe only like four or five family. And uh, some are not there anymore because they were far too old already. And, and my parents bought this really old house and then when we bought it, uh, it was almost nothing inside. So most of my childhood was like with a um, half um, broken house, let's say. I was sleeping in the same bed than my sister because we don't have enough place to, you know, to go to other room yet. So it was kind of building at the same time than living. So it's a bit like if we camp every day, but on a, on a nice way. And then, you know, I don't know, I have a dog and I have the classical life of countryside child. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of sport and, of course, going at school. So, what kind of sport um, did you do? I play uh, tennis for like about 15 years. Uh, so that was quite a passion. Yeah. And you mentioned to me your grandfather's collection, which I think you said you'd put into your cabinet. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the, the father of my father was um, a collectioner. So first of all, he was uh, having a, a huge bar, a PMU. And then um, uh, on his kind of weekend and evening, he was collecting all kind of items. So like pims and... Um, um, sorry, I forgot the name. Is it badge? Yeah, Badges? badge and uh, also hanger for the cleats. Oh yeah, key rings. Key rings, yeah, sorry. And... Um, and he was uh, organizing all these key rings, for example, per kind of style, because you have all kind of different style of key rings, and, uh, and he organized them per color and per size, and then he was making kind of board of that in the um, garage, actually. So it was quite crazy to see that, and, uh, and it, at the end it looked beautiful, like it's almost like an art piece, making out like, you know, really really cheap thing so it was also glasses and all kind of item that you know through the eyes of someone else does it will still exist in. this collection yeah yeah it does <laughs> how do you think it influenced you in terms of your design now and your, did it have an influence on you and your love of creating things you mean the the, the collection the, fact, the collection but I think at the time I was, you know, I was one of maybe the only one of the family already to kind of like it and to help him like making that clean and 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 make it work. I don't know if it's like help, but for sure, like I have the same with garment. Like when I was 15 years old, I was already starting collecting garment and shoe, and I was kind of crazy a bit like him. And then 
I have uh, like a huge wardrobe only of uh, vintage garments and vintage shoe or uh, you know like shoe from um, um, uh, you know copy of shoe that you found in Marseille that are like kind of actually really crazy to look at. What, uh, are, they, what are they called those shoes? I don't know, like fake or plastic <laughs> shoe or fake I don't shoes. know, like with a lot of strass or really weird color that are copying two designers at the same time and then you you bought that for five euro or something. So I have a, a huge collection like that, but I, I sold it actually uh, just before my fourth year in La Cambre to make some money and I actually made a lot of money, but you know I, I have no place in my room and no money to finish the collection so I saw it but it was crazy to see how much you can get and uh, yeah so much nice piece that you bought like five euro and and in each of my pl the place I live in Marseille also in Corrèze and also in Bruxelles I have one guy that have a um, second hand shop all the time living close by so by luck and then every time like every evening I was going there and they will have pick up one or two items um, from the day that he thought I will like and then I was taking up so make a lot of friends like that <laughs> and when you studied at La Combre um, I think you were very successful there and you had a graduate collection which has bec you've become well known for called Radical Call for Love um, tell me a bit about that yeah, uh, Radical Call for Love then is my uh, fifth year, so the last one at La Cambre, and I just was coming out of an internship with Dior at the time. And then um, the uh, terrorist attack happened in Paris, then uh, I moved to Brussels to start the, the fifth year, and then the attack also happened in Brussels. So, so it was around 2016, yeah. 2015, 2016? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and then it was, it, you know, it's just a bit difficult when you are so young and and you are just thinking, okay, why shall I do fashion? Actually, it's not really nice, you know, to do skirts to save the world. So it was a bit difficult moment. And at the same time, uh, I was just thinking, okay, this is where you are good at, you know, to stitch, you know, to make, you know, the garments that make you feel good. And uh, and I thought, okay, that's, that's the new way to work and you have just to use it good. And then I start with going to library and searching for Arabic references book, but from like the 19th and 18th century and trying to look a bit at what was the silhouettes and the attitude actually of that woman. And then I found out amazing, really, really strong women. Which woman do you mean? Uh, Arabic women from like Arabic country, but it was also not like, I do not focus only on like Morocco or whatever. It was just more to feel a mood and it was kind of an homage also because in Marseille but also in Bruxelles the Arabic culture is really huge and you have a kind of really connection anyway also in, be in, in between the historical part of it and the present that is there anyway but it's just about being able to see it kind of and then collections start like that and then you have a lot of huge volume you have kind of reinterpretation of Sarwell you have um, so what was it particularly about the Arabic culture or the Middle Eastern culture that was mm. appealing to you can you describe a bit the uh, the aspects of the clothing was it yeah the proportion so most of the time the bust is really really small and tight and really athletic so so really fits with the way uh, I like the women and also because this line anyway are there today so it's just it was just about highlighting it a bit and and so there are these different aspects of 
of this woman that were inspiring to you and you also used is, it, is that where you also found this the um the logo for your brand which mm -hmm. is the crescent moon yeah the crescent moon is a kind of long story it only appeared at the end of the collection actually and i found um, a picture with a woman that have a kind of headband with moon but at the same time all the collection was already really hybrid with kind of couture shape really like kind of huge sahuel volume that make the back of the body extremely huge with huge pockets a bit like in between a huge dress or huge skirt and jogging so that was also a bit the tension in which i was trying to talk about and this was really about present so i was not trying to be nostalgic or anything about the past i was really trying to see the future and i liked the historical path And, and the same for this logo, because what I think is amazing with logos at the same time, um, you know, everyone is using it today for sure in fashion, but you use it in, in sports, clearly in football, and they all the time have the same placement. You place it, you know, on the left or on the right, uh, and then you place it on the back, or they are really huge, or they are repeated. And I thought that was quite interesting, also the connection in between sports, symbol, and religion, of course, because today they are used on the same way like as you can see yesterday with the football match you have this kind of sensation that is becoming a kind of new religion so much people are in the street for football so I, I felt like this relation also in, with like uh, sport and at the same time religion and logo then because logo is all the time this symbol uh, coming back was really interesting to being put here and as the collection was called Radical Call for Love I thought it was a bit weak if I was not able to um, make this image through the end. And also for me, when you are a designer, you are not there to explain what you do so much. Even if I'm doing it today, I like that people understand it from themselves when they see the garment on the anger. And then for that reason, you know, I ask all my friends and also like I have my best friend is Lebanese and then... We talk together and I say, okay, what do you think if I put the moon as the homage for this collection because I feel it's right? And then they told me, yeah, I think it's the best thing you can do today. And it was also to release a fear because at the time, you know, when you put this symbol anywhere else, it was like, oh my God, what do you do? And then it was to highlight another part of the world that at the time we don't really want to see. Mm. So that's the start of the moon pattern. And what do you say to the um, husband, <laughs> to people who may raise questions around <laughs> cultural appropriation? <laughs> How do you feel about that? The thing is that for me it's really different what happened in Radical Call for Love. There I will really agree with them and it was clearly for me when I made it, it was never supposed to be my logo. It was really supposed to be a logo of one collection. And, uh, and so cultural appropriation was clearly not possible then because it was really meant as an homage. But I understand if people pose the question about right now, why do you keep it? But I also have an answer to that. It's like, first of all, these have been made clearly out of love from the beginning up. Then people are starting dressing it all around the world as a kind of symbolic thing, even the, if they do not know about Radical Call for Love and the history why I have used this moon. And then because of that also what is 
kind of crazy nice about the moon and it's also why I use it on the beginning and also turn it around is that moon if you the moon the crescent moon if you take it to different time in history means something totally different so if you take it even before the Arabic word it means actually the Greek DS so of the woman and then I was like okay it's crazy nice that actually the moon is meaning woman in terms of symbol way and then at the same time I traveled to Japan and then I discovered of course Sailor Moon that I knew but they were quite obsessive with the fact that it could look like that and then you know if you go to H&M tomorrow or if you go to any shop you can find moon earring or whatever bracelet or or even on internet everywhere and I think I like that because every time the moon have a kind of different shape and mine have one and is this one and maybe one day it will evolve I don't know but I like the fact that finally it's not mine and I'm not doing a logo with my initial that should stamp my name but it's more like stamping a mood and also you know it's a bit the mood of the world today everything is to everyone and I'm not wanting to steal it to anyone anyway so what else would you put into your cabinet so I don't know exactly what object it is, but maybe we could take a fishing jacket or, um, I don't know, a, a working wear um, catsuit, if we call it like that, or like integral combination. Like an all-in-one. Yeah, kind of all over. Uh, yeah, like a... A bit like you have to do. Yeah, actually. like a boiler suit in yeah. the UK or a jumpsuit. Yeah. yeah, kind of cotton jumpsuit with a lot of pockets. Very practical. Exactly. And my father was working with that kind of garment every day because he, he worked like to reaper you know, electricity stuff but also motorcycling things and did he have his own repair shop no because he's uh, he's having a true job i mean another one so uh, no oh, that was a hobby yeah yeah so at home he, you know we really learned to work with our hand and as we live in the countryside it was so really important that you know if it's snow you have to kind of live there for four or five days and and then, you know, uh, the, the city is quite far. So I, what I love there, uh, it was the way that also how the garment helps you when you are like doing something. And, um, and also the fact that you have to understand where things come from and how to do it. And for example, how to screw something or how to make that work. And I really like to make that happen to women in a way because I think today clearly like a woman that screw, uh, I mean and even a man that screw today is like not always the case actually. So I, I like the fact that to have an handy part of the life and to know you know how to build things but also to know where they come from so it's not only about object but it's also for example about the way today we handle production uh, in Marinser, it was a really important moment for me last year when I realized that the brand was becoming big and the production line too because now we have about 6,000 pieces in production so it's quite huge and then I was just you know kind of turning myself off for like three four days I was thinking okay what do I am doing now this is going to become really big and why should I keep doing Marinser and why should people believe in me and, and, and us actually because now we are a team and then I thought then the only way to do that is also to show to people that you can produce in another way and to really do what you like and not feeling constrained by the kind of force that production makes you feel because it's there anyway even after the first collection and then I thought, yeah, the, what will be really interesting is to redraw the production line 
about what is fashion today because it's so easy to produce a skirt and to find a tissue, I don't know, that is cheap and, and, and make one. And then I thought that actually the process and actually the constraint of using upcycling garment was a really interesting question. So what I made for Manic Soul Machine, it was really simple, is that um, before the show I've searched for a vintage, I mean upcycling scarf and upcycling cotton shirt. Uh, and I went to warehouse and I went for searching for this fabric and this colorful and I was searching for something that hang like silk. The only thing I found it was actually this silk scarf. And then I start taking all of them one by one per color and putting all the red together, all the blue together, all the black together. And then starting creating a system and after that negotiating with the factory. Okay guys, do you want to work with me? I want to make this dress, uh, but I want to make it with this upcycling Where scarf. are your factories? And they are in um, uh, Portugal, they are in France, they are in Italy and that's it. And do you think about um, environmental impact when you're designing? Is that part of what the <laughs> upcycling is? But it's, it's not that I think about that. It's just I think it's there anyway, whatsoever, in everyone's life, fashion or not fashion today. So it's not like if I will have any choice to not think about that. And, but I like to create like that. I think today be, being a designer is also being able to create in the constraint of the world today and find solution for that. And I like that also because always, you know, fashion is totally useful when there's no constraint. So, so, yeah. And you won, after you left um, La Combre, you then, um, and you did a couple of internships, you did quite a lot of internships, I think. You did um, Margiela. I don't do know everything before I, I finished while you La Combre. Yeah, uh, yeah. The only one is Balenciaga, it's just at the moment I finish. What was it like working at Balenciaga? Amazing archive uh, in Balenciaga because, of course, the, the work uh, of Cristobal Balenciaga is amazing. It's in terms of cut, but also in terms of shape. It's really dynamic and it's really anti-garment most of the time. And, of course, for me, it was my first real job, you know, as a, as a designer. So it's really nice to see how things work and how fashion houses build, you know, to production, to, to atelier and to, you know working with designers, so it was great experience, certainly when you just come out of school, it's nice. What's it like working with Demna? Yeah, well, it was, it was really good, I mean, I think we have a lot in common, so... Uh, Why do you think he hired you? Hired me? Why? Why do you think he wanted you to work for him? Ah, what is it about your I don't skill? know, you, you have to ask him, okay. that I cannot answer. <laughs> Um, and you won the LVMH prize mm -hmm. in 2017. Yeah. How did that change things for you? That's a question that uh, I have answered many times, but I will try to feel differently uh, how I feel it today, because now it's about a year ago, actually. I mean, I think what it has made is that it has accelerated a lot of things. I always wanted to do um, you know, a brand or anyway something with garment or something linked to creation but anyway it could have been a table too and uh, what happened is that I was so young and this comes so quick that I think it also creates something really nice because I was also not afraid of changing production line to now uh, getting so much people around me working with me and uh, 
and I think it's also what you need today a bit to not be too scared to arrive because otherwise it's like so much problem anyway that will fall on you every day mm. and and this price I think what what make it change thing for me is that that straight after it I could pay for a rent because you moved to Paris. No, I was already in Paris because I was working for Balenciaga and I have a 15 square meter room in which actually all the retailer, Dover Street Market came, Essence and like any, uh, many, many people came there. And uh, and then I was living in 15 square meter when I win the price actually. And then I was like, okay, that's not going to work. So straight after uh, I win the price, I get to 75 square meter place in Paris in which I was living. And then the living room was kind of the atelier. Uh, to and at the same time I was searching for something that will be, of course, not the same. And I could have my personal place and at the same time a place to construct the atelier and then I directly get also like thing three four people working with me and then slowly by slowly we get more people and uh, we also change place so I think this is clearly what the prize gives me is that the possibility to grow really fast because otherwise I could not have today like 10-15 people working for me and so how what are you planning to do with the company in, in now well, now we are working on the next show, so the one that will be 25 September, and we clearly continue. Um, um, I think it's, we try to fix things a bit about what happened in Manic Soul Machine, so now we are actually developing uh, three different lines. We are do- developing a green line that will be the upcycling line, so uh, we'll all the time be with new different and different process about upcycling with garment or dead stock or anything like that. Then we will have a white line that will be more like um, the moon t-shirt and some like iconic garment or more classic garment that will also be uh, made or at least we try to make them as responsible as possible. Uh, and then we will have a, a red line that will be even more exclusive in the sense of um, upcycling so it will be maybe sometime unique pieces you will have one maybe you will have four depending on what I found and then from that we will start creating um, a new collection so what we want also now is that we want people that like us to recognize this kind of tree lines and it's also really important for us because then I can control these three different processes in terms of production yeah. and and make it work also yeah. so. what, what's the final thing that you put into the cabinet at Carlos Place yeah so the, the last thing I want to put in the cabinet maybe is um, a really nice piece from uh, Alaya it's um, the designer as it in Alaya as it yeah. in Alaya yeah sorry uh, and uh, I'm a great fan of the the way you work and the way you shape the body and the way he was able to turn around and the way he let the fabric fall so clearly I I, I really love his work but um, this piece I, I particularly I particularly like it more than other because it's made of um, jeans and uh, simple cotton and um, so it's like a denim dress yeah, it's like a denim dress with a zip going all around the body and it have this kind of bar shape that really like shape you and uh, and it's clearly an attitude that I'm close by I really like to shape but I like to keep the body really comfortable and I think if you compare of course bar jacket from Dior and if you compare kind of bar shape uh, from Alaya you have this 
different way also that the women can move inside and uh, I really like the fact that um, in most of the alaya when you use black jersey or fabric like that you could stay really free and being really shaped mm. so do you ever think about sexuality in your own clothing because obviously he's famous mm. for these kind of hyper mm. sexy yeah garments I think about it, but I think it's maybe, you know, as of course, Alaya work is is something that is now in line for quite, quite long time and and still there. But of course, today I'm more like an hybrid child of all these things. <coughs> so, yeah, I will say that my work is also like that. It's hybrid of that. And I think about sexuality actually not so much. I kind of not care at all. And I just want to answer to the body of the woman and how you want to feel. And of course it's true my us, but hopefully it's also true many of us than mine. And I hope I can answer to many other women. So That's brilliant. Well, Marine sir, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been really a pleasure speaking to you. Me too. <laughs> That was an episode of The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website, and you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion and the hashtag Five Carlos Place. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.